The economy was booming. People were investing in stocks left and right, buying houses and enjoying the good life. But then something happened that nobody saw coming. Inflation went through the roof. Meltdown. Wall Street squanders our money. At first, people thought it was just a blip on the radar. The financial crisis and economic downturn have affected all of us, you and me. But as the weeks turned into months and the months turned into years, it became clear that this was no ordinary inflation. The dollar became worthless, and people were struggling to buy even the most basic necessities. Disappearing from the supermarket shelves, toilet paper. It is serious. As the situation worsened, the stock market crashed, dropping to zero overnight. Can it get any worse? The government would spend a trillion dollars more, even after the bailout. A trillion dollars. Who pays? You do. People who had invested their life savings lost everything. And those who had borrowed to invest found themselves in debt they could never repay. New taxes, new spending, new debt. Global leaders and experts will come together in an informal setting in Lisbon to discuss the impact of the financial crisis, looking for urgently needed solutions. Banks were the next to feel the effects of the financial apocalypse. They were on the verge of collapse, and the only way to prevent this was to seize assets. They started with repossessing homes. One after another, people were left homeless and without any means of support. They had no money, no shelter, and no hope. Riots broke out across the country as people demanded justice. But the damage was already done. In the end, the financial apocalypse destroyed everything that people had worked so hard to build. It left behind a trail of destruction and despair that would take generations to repair. And all because of greed and the pursuit of wealth at any cost. The lesson to be learned from this story is that sometimes we need to take a step back and reevaluate our priorities. Money should never be the sole focus of our lives. And we should always strive to make choices that benefit society as a whole. How about that to start a podcast? <laughs> you know what's funny is I, di I, I didn't, haven't heard you read this before. I know you probably sent it to me, maybe. I think so, yeah. Okay, I didn't read it. <laughs> um, so it's like, where's he going with this story? And my guess is that there are people who are listening to this podcast who are wondering, like, oh, d that actually happened. Wait, is this happening? Oh, wait, that could happen? Like, there there are people that are probably nodding their head like, yes. We're yeah, on this path. We're on this. This is going to happen. Yeah. Right? I know for a fact that are people who do say, oh, this is going to happen. Um, specifically, uh, parts of our client base or people that I know that are a little bit more experienced, that are older, because... They either um, remember or remember stories of or are closer to the Great Depression. Sure. Yeah. Or um, even just the the various ups and downs of the economy. Yeah. Over the decades. Yeah. And from our older audience and from older folks, it's pretty common right now to be saying like, hey, the dollar is going to collapse. You better sock away some cash. 
hey, all these things that were in this story, this is real. This is going to happen. You need to do something about it. Yeah. And that's kind of the purpose of this podcast is one, it was kind of funny to and fun to read a story like that. Drama. Yep. Uh, but it's also here to answer this question. How do you respond to that fear? What is, what is a sober-minded, wise way to respond to the financial apocalypse or gigantic financial issues that people believe are going to happen? How, how do we respond to that? Yeah, because nothing in this story, there was nothing in this story that is absolutely fiction. Like, I, there were no aliens. There was nothing that, that isn't potentially a thing that could happen no, to humans. a bank can't take somebody's house as long as they're making the payments on it. Correct. So that's not possible. So like but, the whole idea the that didn't... banks are going to take assets, they can right. only see They can't seize assets because they need the money. Well, not just that, but you, the bank only has a right to the amount that's of, of the loan that's left, right? So mm-hmm. any equity that's there is yours. So they can't seize it. Yes, they're in first lien position, but but they can only seize it if you don't don't make payments on it. So right. it's not it's not like banks can just like willy nilly just start taking houses because they're in trouble, right? Right. But and it's important for me to say that because people think that. Yeah. They think that's true, and that's not. That's not how it's not how it works. So that's not possible. Yeah, and there's some other things in there that I could also argue aren't possible, but I'm not going to get into that right now because it ruins your story. I just mean scientifically. Uh, yeah, scientifically. These could happen. <laughs> yes. They're, they're, yes, they're, you're right. There's so not if, aliens and So if spaceships. someone was hearing this story and beginning to feel some fear, mm-hmm. they're not unreasonable. It's not unreasonable to hear this and be like, oh, that sounds scary. Yeah. Yeah. You, you could make a lot of statements and jumps to get to that place. Yeah. Um, and it's not an unreasonable from I believe some of it isn't rooted in reality, right? But it's it is not, a fiction. It is fiction. Uh but it's not unreasonable to the stretch of like somebody has a superpower and like right. you know Yeah. The suspension of disbelief necessary travels time to hear story. or something. Yes, exactly. Not very yes. Suspended. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so I just wanted to I wanted to validate the people who who hear that and think it's scary because it does sound scary. It is. If, if the bank was to take our home and, and mm-hmm. the stock market went to zero overnight, which- Or you lost everything, as it said. Right. Mm-hmm. Which the stock market doesn't go to zero. Like that's not a that's not an actual explanation of what happens. Right. right? Which is another misunderstanding and not factual. Like you don't lose everything. When you're invested into the stock market, you have an ownership in that company. Right. And the only way you lose everything is if- all of the companies that you have ownership in, because you have a well-diversified mutual fund and ownership in lots of companies, unless all those companies literally close their doors and cease to exist. Yeah, stop operating Yeah, entirely. Um, could the value of those companies go up and down? And could the value of those companies go down? Yes, but you wouldn't lose everything because you you still have ownership you still in own the share yes yeah so which is another misunderstanding but yeah. again i'm getting into <laughs> i'm not making your story very fun daniel and i'm sorry well it, it's it seems that reality is actually a lot more nuanced and a lot less fun 
to 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 sit back and listen to. Hey, you know, reality is fun. We currently are dealing with some pretty crazy recession <laughs> stuff. Okay, so portions of that story, you know, everybody was living the good life a couple of years ago and buying things like crazy, and money yeah. was a plenty. Uh, so and portion- now the the dollar is less valuable. Correct. You can buy less things with your dollar. That's, yeah, that's absolutely accurate. Um, which I don't know if people would say that's fun, but yes, there there is realities to portions of the story, which make it reasonable for someone to to listen to the first part of this story and then start thinking, oh man, is the second part of that story true? Get ready. Yeah, is is my uncle right when he tells me? Is is my father in law correct when he's telling me I need to sell my stocks? I need to stock away, sock away cash. I need to save money. Should I be doing that? Is it wise to should to I do take this? my money out of the bank and put it in my house? You got it. Should I should I have cash and put it under my mattress or in a safe or whatever it is or or in my basement? Do do I need to be doing that? Right? Should, should I gather some some gold maybe and and have some precious metals and own them and don't have them at a in a holding account or with a bank, but have them actually in my possession. These are real conversations people are having right now because they believe that one of the ways to protect themselves from a financial apocalypse is to have cash right, or to have precious metals. Um, and I want to address that in this podcast. Yeah. I mean, I get it. Some of it feels feels logical at a glance. Like, if the banks could collapse, like we've had banks collapse recently, collapse is a strong word, but we've had banks be uncertain, feel a little shaky, and and like logically, okay, I don't give them my money. Mm-hmm. I'll I'll take care of it. I'll take responsibility for my cash, mm-hmm. and then I know I have this money, and whatever happens to the banks doesn't affect me. Right. Like I get the logic mm-hmm. at a glance, and I get the idea of owning gold bars because. Mm-hmm. Worst comes to worst, I can trade my gold for things. Yeah. <laughs> you know? That's like I understand why people get there. Mm-hmm. But we really need to to dive dive in and understand is that wise? Yes. DTI is the biggest portion of your personal finances that lenders assess prior to approving or denying a loan. DTI stands for debt to income ratio. It's a way for lenders to evaluate how much debt you have relative to your income. To calculate your DTI, you add up all of your monthly debt payments. For example, credit card payments, car payments, mortgage payments, and student loan payments. And then you divide that by your gross monthly income. Now lenders use DTI to assess how much of a risk you are as a borrower. A higher DTI means you have less margin, which could make it harder for you to repay your loans. In general, a DTI of 35% or lower is considered good, but there are some loan programs out there that allow for up to 50%. So if you're planning to apply for a loan, it's important to understand your DTI and work to lower it. Okay, Grant, so I don't have the most robust understanding of how the economy works. Okay. I have some I have some ideas. Yeah. But but as we kind of touched on earlier, it seems to me everything in this story is potentially possible. Okay. But that it sounds like that's not the case. <laughs> Correct. So I think what I'd like to do is just kind of go through some of the major major plot points of this story mm-hmm. and really see like could this happen? Mm. And and if it could, how do I prepare for it? Yeah. Um so you know, the economy is booming. Um, then something happened that nobody saw coming. Inflation went through the roof. 
Yep. Can inflation go through the roof unexpectedly? Um, I think most people with wisdom, including us, knew that a lot of the COVID relief that was being passed around and a lot of the, the money that was just being printed was going to uh, make and have an impact on inflation. And it did. Uh, does does Can anybody say to exactly what level, like through the roof? I mean, you can guess, right? right. Um, you can make some really great educated guesses based on data. Um, but I don't think it's wise to say that inflation happened to us unexpectedly. I think most people knew that. Mm-hmm. Um, so much so that here at Stewardship with our investments that we manage, we adjust a lot of how we were investing because we knew inflation was coming. Again, to what level we didn't know right. um, because it went way up. Like we, we look better than maybe we probably could or should uh, because we, we did some sort of inflation protect, protective type investments, which was great. But yeah, I, I don't I don't think, um, I don't believe inflation c- can go up through the roof unexpectedly. That is something that I don't believe will happen because I don't believe that did happen. Yeah. And in the next part, it says that it, People thought it was just going to be a quick thing, and then things would go back to normal. But mm. then it turned into years and years, uh, and the dollar became worthless. Yeah. Can that even – I mean, I suppose it has happened in economies around the world. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, poor-run economies, other countries have experienced this for sure. Um, most of them are not um, capitalists. Okay. Most of those societies are uh, socialists. Um, many of them are communists. Mm-hmm. Um, that their dollar has has gone to nothing. Um, so can that happen? Yes, it can. Um, the other thing about that is the speed with which inflation is is happening. Uh, can inflation just be a temporary thing? Sure. Uh, the inflation that we're experiencing now. I don't think anybody believed it would be a temporary thing. Mm. Uh, me, myself, I'm frustrated with how the Fed is responding to this current inflation situation. Uh, to me, it's almost like they're making decisions uh, to create a job loss recession. They've already created a housing recession. Mm. Um, and it, to me, it's like they're going to continue doing things until people start losing their jobs. Because when the job loss recession starts, that's when inflation will really turn around. And I don't love that approach to things. Right, because that costs people their jobs. (laughs) It does, right. And uh, But then also, that's another reason why the cure to inflation isn't going to be anything quick. That said, there was, you know, the CPI data, the inflation data that most people look at, inflation improved. It got better for the first time in a really long time this week when that data came out, right? Um, So things are are improving, absolutely. so, yeah, it, it it's not one of those things that can people, most reasonable people think are just going to be around for a while. When when inflation's here, it's, it's, it's here for a bit. And uh, you have to have strategies and things in place to, to help um, not just sustain it, but also make sure that you're going to be fine on the other end. Yeah, a lot of that went over my head, to be honest. Okay. <laughs> Quite simply put, in the story, um, it says inflation – went through the roof unexpectedly, and people thought it was going to be temporary. I don't believe either of those things are true in reality. Right. It typically doesn't happen unexpectedly, especially if it's through the roof, and it typically does not last um, for a short period of time. 
normally it's something that we have to sustain for a bit. So the next thing in the story after the, the inflation stuck around, the dollar became worthless and people couldn't buy what they needed. Yeah. And eventually the stock market crashed. Yeah. Are those things even connected? Uh, they can be, for sure. Uh, because uh, in the stock market, the value associated with every business that you own is... Um, well, it's connected to the revenue of the business. Correct. Right? Yep. So if no one can buy anything... Yep. If those businesses aren't doing well... Because no one's spending money. Yeah. Because their money's not worth no- enough. Yep. Then the businesses lose value. Yep. And, and that value is tied to a dollar. Right. Uh, because the, they say your share of ownership in this business is equal to this dollar amount. Right. Right. So yeah, they're, abs- they're absolutely tied together. Um, could that happen? Could the could the dollar get worthless and... and go to next to nothing. Yes, it could. Um, could the stock market crash? Uh, yes, it could. Um, do I believe either of those things are likely? No, I don't. Uh, the reason being is the government has proven over and over again that they are happy and willing to step in to uh, fix things, quote unquote. Right? <laughs> they're, they're willing to step in and make sure things don't collapse. Um, yeah. Recent examples are some of the banks that have failed or have had uh, runs on their banks, meaning uh, people were the withdrawing their money and now the bank was unable to operate. What happens? The government steps in and saves it, right? Yeah. Um, with even what was going on in our economy because of how th- people in, in, our, in the government responded to COVID, uh, things weren't going well. So what did the government do? They stepped in and inserted money, right? Which then created the inflation issue that we have right now. Yeah. Um, I, I just don't see a world where the government would allow uh, the dollar to be worth nothing because if it did, they would lose all their power. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, and this is kind of getting a little bit political here, but uh, what we have experienced is that uh Governments as a whole love to use quote unquote emergencies and like tie a whole bunch of other things to their emergency relief that helps meet some of their other agendas. Sure. Um, examples are some of the things that uh, were was tied into COVID, those COVID relief bills. Like it had nothing to do with COVID relief, mm-hmm. but money was being given to entities and endeavors that had nothing to do with COVID relief, right? Yeah. Um, but it was an emergency. So, you know, we got we got to pass stuff. We got to get stuff done. You said that the government wouldn't allow that to happen because they would lose their power. Would it, would it be more optimistic and still possibly true to say that the government wouldn't let that happen because they're trying to take care of its citizens? Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's a that is that's probably a better way of saying it, Daniel. <laughs> uh, you know, for some of our listeners, they do believe in the, in uh, in our politicians and uh, I mean, the, believe I would, the best of them. I would I, say that's the the, the purpose way. of government. It is. It is. Yep. is to protect and take care of the citizens correct. of the the land it governs. Yes, correct. But it's also the responsibility of the people to yeah. take care of each other. To yeah, the church to step in as well. So, regardless of whatever type of listener you are. Right. Whether you're extremely pessimistic on government, you don't believe the government would allow that to happen because they would lose their power, or whether you're extremely optimistic about government, you don't believe the government would allow that to happen because they're taking care of their people. Right. Great point, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, yeah, I don't, I don't believe that there's a situation where the government would allow the dollar to to go to nothing. Um, so I'm not extremely fearful of that, but let's, let's assume it does happen and all these bad things happen in the story. 
um, and the advice that you're hearing from, like I said, your uncle, your father-in-law, or whoever, is to sock away cash, mm-hmm. right? Well, if the dollar goes to nothing, if you've lost the value of all your investments because the stock market crashes, what good is a pile of dollars going to be? Could be good kindling. Kindling for a fire, right? Yeah, that, that idea of pulling all your money out of banks and then just keeping it, um, you're, you're storing something because you believe the value of that something is going to crash. That's not – that make a lot of logical sense. Right. Yeah. So the fear of the dollar collapsing should not make you want to sock away more things that will collapse mm-hmm. and save and store more things that you believe are going to collapse. Um, if the dollar collapses, if the stock market collapses, if recession goes crazy and there's gigantic job loss recession and everybody loses their jobs, what should you be doing? Honestly, you should be buying stuff that people need. Mm. Food, water, uh, lumber to create shelter. shelter, right? Like those are the things that you should be investing in and investing in heavily because those are the things that will be most valuable, Right. Is that why the toilet paper thing happened? <laughs> I don't know exactly why the toilet paper thing happened. I know that people were scared it was going to be gone, so everybody bought some. Um, but I, I, I wonder, too, if there was a supply issue just in general because right. of, you well, know. people weren't supposed to go to work. Yeah, COVID, for, for supply bit. chains. Yeah. <laughs> um, but my point is, um, let's say you believe that the dollar is going to collapse. Mm-hmm. If you genuinely believe that, you should not be – pulling all of your dollars out of an institution and hoarding and holding them, mm-hmm. right? If you believe the dollar is going to collapse, you should be taking that dollar and purchasing something else that is going to be valuable if the dollar collapses, right? Um, so some people think and believe that 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 is gold, right? Mm-hmm. Should, should, I, should I buy gold? Well, let me ask you this, Daniel. Um, if the economy collapses... If the dollar collapses, if the stock market collapses, if you don't have a job or if people don't have jobs, um, how valuable is gold going to be to you? Not very valuable because even as a metal, not very functional. <laughs> yeah. Like you don't do a whole lot with it. You can't do a whole lot with it. Yeah. You can store it and look at it, mm-hmm. right? What What would be valuable though is water. Yeah. Right. If I had a whole bunch of really great drinking water, I would be able to exchange it for something. Sparkling water? Oh, man, huge sparkling water fan. Sipping on a LaCroix now. Uh, but, yeah, it's – it's. I'm saying these things, and some people are probably thinking, well, Grant, that's ridiculous. Well, to me, I think that the dollar collapsing is, is ridiculous. Right. But if you believe that that's true, I'm not going to tell you, you know, don't take action on it. I can't I can't steer your, your beliefs on that if you genuinely believe that, that we're going to hell in a handbasket. But if we do go to hell in a handbasket, you're not going to need dollars. You're not going to need Bitcoin. You're not going to need gold. Right. You're going to need food, water, and shelter. Yeah. So uh, unless your uncle or your father-in-law – I don't know why I keep saying those two, so I'm just going to keep repeating them. <laughs> um, unless they, too, have a, a bunker that they're stockpiling with food and water and shelter, um, then they don't believe what they're telling you. Yeah. So the, so the person that's telling you the dollar and the economy is going to collapse, um, don't believe what they're saying unless they, too, are also, you know – Living that bunker life. Prepping. Yeah, exactly. Doomsday prepping. Doomsday prepping, for real. And, yeah. and that's not a joke. That's that's yeah. legitimate. Like, 
That's what you should be doing. You should be doomsday prepping if you believe the dollar is going to collapse. Mm-hmm. Um, because th- that's what's going to help you survive and, and, and get through. At this point in the story, the dollar doesn't have any more value. The stock market's collapsed. But if you've purchased a house and you're paying a mortgage, inflation might get so bad that you can't buy things, but your mortgage will still be what it was. So the dollars you have aren't worthless if they're paying for the mortgage. And the bank is still going to take those, even if they can't do anything with it once they get that money. Like it's still, my my house payment is going to stay the same. It's not affected by inflation directly. Yeah, there, there's a couple uh, truths about inflation that people don't fully understand. When inflation is happening, pulling money out of the market, pulling money um, out of the bank and holding onto it is probably one of the worst things that you can do because that dollar that you're holding onto that's not earning any interest or gaining any value is now losing value very, very, very fast. Right. Whereas money that is earning some sort of interest or is being put to work somehow, some way, is at least trying to keep pace with or fighting uh, against the, the speed of inflation, right? Yeah. Okay, so socking away cash is a bad idea there. Two, the 30-year fixed mortgage is the number one financial safeguard against crazy, crazy inflation even in a story like this. Right. Because the house that you purchased with that 30-year fixed mortgage, you purchased it at a price and at a time before the inflation went crazy, right? Yeah. So when things are in inflation, things are inflating in value, including the value of the home you're living in. Right. Uh, so there's, there's, there's value and equity that you have now in, the, in this home because you bought it at a, at a price before things inflated. Yeah. But you bought it on a fixed mortgage payment. That doesn't inflate because there's a contract between you and the bank that says the, the payments are going to stay the same. Yeah. So while everybody else's cost for shelter is going to increase if they don't have a fixed mortgage, the cost for your shelter stays the same. Yeah. And in this doomsday crazy scenario, if you're not socking away cash, but you do buy a whole bunch of really valuable things like things for shelter, water, or food – you could potentially trade that food, water, shelter, resources that you have from your doomsday bunker yeah. for enough cash or for enough value. Right, for everyone's to dollars make, that they can't use anywhere else. Right, to make <laughs> your, your mortgage payment, right? Yeah. Because your mortgage payment didn't go up with inflation, but the value of that, that water bottle did go way up, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, it, it, inflation... And the fear of, of what that's going to do, the, the probably the least logical fear response to inflation is pull my money out and do nothing with it. Well, now you've lost to inflation big time, right? Yeah. And then the other big one is, oh, man, with inflation and banks and my loans, this is going to be bad. Well, not if it's a fixed mortgage. That's not going anywhere. Yeah. So don't sell your house. Like there are people who are literally considering oh, if everything falls apart – I'm going to sell everything I've got. I'm going to take that cash that I get from the sale of things and just sit on that. Huh. Well, what's that going to do for you? You're going to have to get shelter somewhere. Yeah. So unless you pay cash for a a different kind of shelter, you're going to have to rent shelter. Yeah. And what does rent do with inflation, Daniel? It goes up. It goes up. Every time. Every time. (laughs) It does. Um, and that's just a sad truth. Yeah. So potentially, 
paying a little extra on your mortgage could be something to do if you're worried about this. Like if you're if you're weary of the stock market and you don't want to invest in that, fine. You're missing out, but fine. But then you could put more money into your mortgage if you wanted. Yeah, that would you... be better than taking out cash. Right, but then you're on cash. paying off like a super low interest rate, right. which you don't necessarily want to do. But I right. see what you're saying. It's like, okay, well, what else can I do with my money? Grant, if I believe yeah. that all these bad things are happening, what else can I be doing and what should I be doing? I believe that inflation sucks. I believe it's not going to turn around anytime soon. Mm-hmm. I believe that the dollar could crash. I believe that we could see a, a, a big job loss recession. So what should I be doing, Grant? I'm not stupid enough to um, think that everything is going to fall apart and I do need to doomsday prep in a bunker, but I feel like I need to do something. What should I be doing? Right? Yeah. Well, the response to that is work with a really wise investment advisor who knows how to adjust your investment account in such a way that it's not put into things that would be hurt by a recession. Mm. Um, An example of things that we've done is we've invested in things – in, in certain commodities like like oil, right? We yeah. we have created uh, contracts with um, various investment institutions and banks that have upside and downside protection. Meaning, if things do collapse, there's still a minimum payout as a part of it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it also means you don't get the high high positive if things go way up, right? But you, you, you know you lock in at least a, a minimum return. So, so these are you know, two of countless examples and things that, that you can do uh, to adjust what you, how and, and, and you invest your money uh, to make sure you feel like, you know what? Yeah, I'm all right. If, yeah. the, if the dollar does go to zero and the stock market does collapse, I've got a, not only a plan in place, but I've taken action on that plan. Uh, and, and I think that's what people need to understand. It's not just stock market or put my cash under a mattress. Yeah. There are literally thousands of different options. Yeah. That's great. So we really shouldn't fear a financial apocalypse, but maybe maybe there's something to this artificial intelligence apocalypse though. Artificial because intelligence. I yeah, I I didn't write this story that I read at the beginning of the podcast. I asked ChatGPT to write it for me. <laughs> so oh. uh potentially I gave the robots um away like gave them the idea of how to take us down. Because yeah, if this happens, this AI is bad. Brain. Yeah, and now the AI they brain knows, knows how to take us down. They know how to create a financial apocalypse. Well, listeners, if uh, all of this does come true, then you know it was Daniel's fault. Yep. Good Daniel job. Smith. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it was just, you know, the story was just a fun thing that we wanted to, to use to help us explain why fearing something like this is unwise. Yeah. But if you do have fear and uncertainty in the current economy, that's not necessarily unwise, but there's definitely a sober-minded approach that you can take Yeah, that does not involve cash. Yeah. Look, th- there, there is a truth. Downturns happen. We're living in one right now. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's okay to say that out loud, right? Yeah. But just because that downturn is something we are experiencing, it doesn't necessarily mean a financial apocalypse is coming. Yeah. Um, there, there is something that all people need to have a good understanding of, and that's just called risk tolerance. Mm. Um, what, what are you really scared of? And what types of risks are you okay with? Yeah. And 
Daniel, I'm, I'm here to tell you there are thousands upon thousands of ways to invest your money, to build wealth, to fight inflation. And, and, and they go way beyond just the stock market or putting money under a mattress. There are things that you can do that, believe it or not, are a lot safer than money under the mattress <laughs> and a lot wiser. Um, and they're nowhere near as, quote, risky as the stock market, too. And I think that's that's the big thing people need to understand. Yeah. And I think there's another part of this story that is true. Hmm. I'll read it verbatim. Okay. The lesson to be learned oh. from this story is this. Sometimes we need to take a step back and reevaluate our priorities. Money should never be the sole focus of our lives. And we should always strive to make choices that benefit society as a whole. You know what, man? Not bad. That's if thanks, honest, for, thanks robots. Yeah, thanks. Chat GPT. But if all of that happened, the people that are going to thrive are the people that are gonna help society. Like yeah. That's the core of every business is find a need and fill it. Yeah. And if you're the type of person who genuinely serves others well, you're gonna be fine anyways, you know? Yeah. This was a little bit different of an episode. It was fun. Let us know if you liked it. Yeah. Let us know if you hated it. <laughs> And we'll do it again. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.